Welcome back to the crew. The Tuesday edition, hour number two on WRSU FM, New Brunswick. I'm Alex Carbonati here with you. One hour is down, one more to go. The guys will be with me back in a few minutes, but I have a conversation here with Ronan Jacoby. Ronan joining me one-on-one here on the crew. Here is it. Ronan Jacoby of the Rutgers men's lacrosse team as Rutgers is 6-0, and number three in the country to kick off the 2022 season. But right now, I have a one-on-one conversation with Ronan Jacoby of the Rutgers men's lacrosse team. Rutgers 6-0 to kick off the season, coming off a 17-16 victory at Stony Brook this past Saturday. Rutgers right now ranked number three in the country. Ronan, thanks so much for joining the program. We're pleased to have you on tonight. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me. You got it, my friend. Overall, this team is 6-0, number three in the country, a hot start. You've been phenomenal, 15 goals in six games thus far this season. This team has been great. They've been phenomenal. They have started strong. What has made this team uniquely so strong to begin 2022? Yeah, I mean, I think we're just playing really hard. You know, we have yet to overlook any opponent. Um, We've sort of had a good game plan, good weeks of practice leading up to every game, taking care of what we need to take care of. And just when the first whistle blows in the opening faceoff, you know, we've just been playing really hard. And, you know, obviously it's early in the year. We're making some mistakes that we you know, prefer not to make, but when you make him go on 100 miles an hour, it definitely covers up for some. Um, and then, you know, you know, offensively, we have a lot of great athletes. And, you know, I think we have pretty good chemistry that, you know, we're continuing to build on each week. Uh, and then defensively, the same, you know, like I think we have some of the most athletic guys back in our defense um, and just playing together really well and just continuing to build week in, week out. And, you know, sort of like some games have been low scoring, you know, like that Loyola game was low scoring and, you know, the defense really held it down and can, you know, we've been able to to put together, you know, a good little run here and want to keep it going into the month of March. Absolutely. And again, you're coming from Wesley in your first year here at Rutgers. Before that, you were at D3 play. And during that time, Ronan, you killed it there as well. 150 career goals at your time at Wesley. And you transferred to Rutgers as a senior. You've got 15 goals in six games and you're dominating at, at the Big Ten stage just like that. How have you transferred so quickly from D3 play to Division One play where you're in the Power Five and the Big Ten Conference? Yeah, you know, lacrosse is lacrosse is sort of the way that I look at it. Um, you know, the same things that led me to be successful in my four years at Wesleyan at the D3 level are the same thing, you know, that's leading to me, leading me to be successful here. Um, you know, both places, great guys around me um, really allowed me to play to my strengths. Um, you know, both coaching staffs put me in positions to be successful. Um, and, you know, for me, it's really just going out there on game day, um, every day in practice and just working as hard as I can. Um, and, you know, the pieces will fall into line um, if, you know, I know I'm doing my job. Um, you know, definitely a little bit of a jump going from D3 to D1, just size, athleticism of guys, a little bit of speed of the game. Um, but, you know, in, in terms of me, I try to just, you know, focus on being the best that I can be and know that, you know, I'm pretty confident that it's going to be enough. Um, and, you know, you look at it this year, like, I've had some good games collectively as an offense we have, but, you know, that's a product of six guys on the field and the offensive end working together. Um, and I've just been the beneficiary of a couple and then got to put the ball in the net rather than, you know, some other guy, just, you know, the way the cookie bounces kind of. You look at this team last year, Adam Charlambides, Connor Kirst, Kieran Mullins, those three guys were the main scorers. They all graduated after 2021. David Sprock, he was supposed to play this year, suffered a preseason injury that wiped him out for the entire 2022 slate. So those are four guys right there to kick off the year that have not played or have not returned 
or Rutgers. So there's a big hole right there entering the season of who's going to produce, who's going to score, who are going to be the main contributors of this offense. You have answered. Mitch Bartolo has answered. Shane Knobloch, the sophomore, has answered. Ross Scott, Brian Cameron, five guys right there, three of them transfers, all have 10-plus goals to begin the season. How has this team, with you and those four guys, how have you filled in those gaps so quickly? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's one way to look at it is, you know, there's X amount of goals left. We have to fill those X amount of goals, points, you know, whatever it may be. But, you know, it, it's not that, you know, cut and dry, straightforward. Um, you know, it's just playing well together, building chemistry. Um, and, you know, I don't really know exactly what the stats were last year, at, you know, six games into the season, whatever it may be. But, you know, we definitely are super balanced offensively. Like there's no one, you know, points wise, I'll say that's light years ahead of anyone um, and light years behind. It's just sort of, you know, we're all like week in, week out, you know, doing what we can. Um, and, you know, I think Coach Saruman on the offensive end has done a great job of, you know, playing in an offense that, you know, allows all of us to be successful and play to our strengths um, when you look at settled offense. And then additionally, you know, we have, you know, a pretty well-renowned group of uh, D-middies and LSMs, which we call like our rope unit, um, mm -hmm. playing NASCAR offense, playing hard, fast, early, um, you know, definitely helps like substitute some of those, you know, big, you know, names from last year who produced, you know, their entire careers here at Rutgers, mm -hmm. um, definitely helps fill some of those gaps. Um, but, you know, it's a collective job. Um, and I think, you know, we've done a good job thus far. And, you know, again, hopefully just keep that going and, you know, continue to play together better, um, which will, you know, lead to, to those gaps filling a little bit more. Seven new transfers, you being one of them. Three of the seven transfers, including yourself, have 10-plus goals on the year already. You, Mitch Bartolo, Brian Cavern, you three guys and this entire team, how have you built such a strong culture six games in with these new transfers, these new faces, and these new players like yourself just rocking and rolling early on? Yeah, you know, I think it all comes down to like sort of the culture in the locker room um, that definitely starts from, you know, the top down with the guys that, you know, Coach Brecht and the rest of the coaches bring into the program and, and bring into this family of Rutgers across. Um, it's just top to bottom, great guys. And, you know, from day one that we got here, super welcoming, super, you know, welcomed us with open arms. It wasn't like we were some new transfers. We didn't have to prove anything. Um, it was like we were part of the team. Um, from the moment we stepped on campus and that's just continued to build, um, you know, every day. And I think that, you know, has really allowed us to be successful. You know, all these guys I've known for less than a year um, and it feels like I've known them for, you know, an extended amount of time, you know, significantly mm -hmm. longer than that. Just great guys building great relationships. Um, and, you know, I just think it's a testament to a, who we bring in to the program, you know, who are, who our coaches decide on you know, who they want to wear the scarlet and white. Um, and then additionally, the guys in the locker room upholding that um, and just being great people and, you know, really welcoming and, you know, everyone in this locker room wants to win. Um, and, you know, we're doing everything that we can to, to make that possible. Absolutely. Offense, it's been the main game so far for Rutgers. You're outscoring opponents by a 34-goal margin, 94-60 to 60 to begin this season, six games. And your defense also has been phenomenal as well. Uh, Jared Jean Felix, uh, Bobby Russo, Cole Danager, folks like that have been rock solid on the defensive side of the game. And then Colin Kirstengola has also been rock solid in the net thus far. Over 10 saves he's averaging a game. When you put all those pieces together, how, how has this team become so lethal, so deadly? What is this team going to look like possibly when it comes to Big Ten play going forward when you put all those three pieces together? 
Yeah, you know, I sort of mentioned earlier, like, you know, sometimes the defense leading on our, the offense backs, offense leading on the defense, um, and just, you know, continue to do that week in, week out, um, you know, and, and string together just great collective games. Um, and then in addition to that, in the middle of the box, uh, just, you know, like I think this weekend we went 100% on clearing, which, you know, always is great. Um, you know, limit the mistakes in the middle of the field as those are the ones that are easiest to capitalize um, for opposing teams. Um, and, you know, you, you look at a game like we had this weekend against Stony Brook, if we, you know, fail, maybe two clears, we might not win that game. You know, those are easy goals for them. And just continue to, to piece together the little things week in, week out. Um, and, you know, we know that if we're clean and clearing game, ground ball game, um, you know, outshoot the other team, things like that, like we're going to be successful um, and just continue to play together. Um, and just, you know, I think additionally with that, play fast, um, you know, leading into Big Ten play, which is coming up pretty soon. Um, and, you know, do our best to, to win the Big Ten championship, both, you know, regular season and into the tournament. For sure, indeed. You have three more out-of-conference, Princeton this Saturday. Then you have Lafayette on March 15th, March yeah. 19th at Hofstra to round out your out-of-conference slate. In those three games, how do you look to push that forward into Big Ten play? With the success, let's say you go 9-0, and you know, in, in these games to kick off the uh, the season how do you look to transfer that into Big Ten play? You have played some ranked opponents, but, but when it comes to Big Ten play, you've got the best of the best. Maryland, number one. Ohio State, number 10 in the country. John Hopkins, a top 25 team. That same team beat Rutgers in the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament last season. How are you going to transfer the play you have thus far this year into Big Ten play when it really matters in March, April, and May? Yeah, you know, I think it's all about staying humble. Um, you know, regardless of what our record is going into the Big Ten, uh, going into Big Ten play in a couple of weeks, is just knowing that, you know, any team can beat any team. It doesn't really matter what you did prior. Um, only only thing that matters is the game that you have that weekend. Um, and, you know, just go into every game with a clean slate, um, you know, improving as much as we can from week to week. Um, game planning, you know, obviously our coaches establish a, a pretty clear cut game plan um, that we know if we follow that, you know, I'll say recipe, we're going to be successful. So just, you know, whatever game we have on tap that week, just, you know, executing the game plan to the best of our ability. Um, and then, you know, when that whistle blows, just play as hard as you possibly can. Um, but, you know, the biggest thing is, yeah, you know, we're six and oh, and, you know, whatever third in the country, it's pretty cool, but, you know, we got a real test this weekend. Um, you know, who cares what we did in the previous six games? Cause I'll tell you, Princeton doesn't care what we did in the previous six games. Uh, so just, you know, worry about ourselves um, and just, you know, don't overlook any opponent and just go out there and fly around for 60 minutes um, and execute to the best of our ability. You beat Stony Brook uh, this past Saturday, 17-16. You were up by five. You, you gave up four and answered. You're still in the game by one. This, Saturday, uh, this weekend, you do have Princeton, a different team, a much different team from Stony Brook. How do you look to prevent that possible situation again on Saturday? How do you look to lead strong, start strong, and finish out strong throughout the entire 60 minutes? Yeah, I mean, I think it just comes down to, you know, just executing at all points of the game plan uh, with, you know, no mental lapses and mistakes. You know, I know Coach Brecht started the week, but yesterday, you know, the first thing that he mentioned to us was take care of the little things and it's going to lead us to the big things. Um, so, you know, not worrying about, you know, I'll say the fourth quarter during the first quarter, worry about that possession that you're on, um, worry about the loose ball that's on the ground, worry about the clear that we have coming up, you know, the extra man opportunity, whatever it may be, just taking advantage of every moment um, and, and capitalizing on those small things. It's eventually going to, you know, build upon itself into the final score. 
Um, and just, you know, no matter what the situation is, like, you know, in that Stony Brook game, we went on a little bit of a run and then sort of, you know, let up, let them come back into the game a little bit and just, you know, keep the pedal to the metal the whole game and just, you know, never give up, never, never uh, give in anything like that. Just keep it rolling for 60 minutes. Um, you know, maybe plus who knows what's going to happen. It could be an overtime right. game. You know. Absolutely. Last question for you. Yeah. Ronan Jacoby's having a phenomenal start. You got 15 goals on a year. You are rocking and rolling thus far in the Big Ten Conference. How do you continue it? How does Ronan Jacoby specifically transfer his play now for the entire rest of the way going forward? Yeah, just stay loose and uh, stay humble. You know, nothing's given uh, any any team that you're playing. You know, they're going to try to get the best of you, and you know, I'm going to try to get the best of them. Just stay loose, play my game, let the game come to me, um, and just, you know, the other five guys on the offensive end of the field with me do the same. Um, and we're going to be just fine as a group, you know, one week, it may be, you know, I may have to take a lot of shots, you know, the next week I might only take four in a game, you know, it, it all depends on how the other teams game planning for us. Um, and just, you know, play as a unit, play as a cohesive six guys and uh, we're going to be just fine. Absolutely. Ronan Jacoby of the Rutgers men's lacrosse team joining us here on the crew Rutgers number three in the country. They're six and oh to kick off the 2022 season. Their next game is at Princeton an in-state rivalry in Princeton on Saturday. They'll play uh, number seven Princeton Rutgers again, number three in the nation. Ronan, thanks so much again. Have a great night. All the best to you going forward and all the best on Saturday against Princeton. Yeah, thank you. Much appreciated. Have a good one. So, th so that was Ronan Jacoby. The biggest moments in, in Rutgers basketball. That was Ronan Jacoby of uh, the Rutgers men's lacrosse team. Number three Rutgers taking on number seven Princeton this weekend in Princeton. Our good friend Brett Hahn and our good friend Eddie Kalegi will be on the call on Saturday at Princeton for that top ten matchup. So we'll, we'll take a break. We'll do a sports cast. We'll come right back, and then we'll round out the crew here. About 45 minutes or so left on the Tuesday edition on, on WRSU-FM, New Brunswick. Eddie Kalegi here with your WRSU Evening Sportscast. On Franchise Tag Deadline Day, it was actually a blockbuster trade that dominated the NFL news of the afternoon. Nine-time Pro Bowler and Super Bowl forty-eight champion quarterback Russell Wilson, who had spent all ten seasons of his career with the Seattle Seahawks, has been traded to the Denver Broncos for a haul including quarterback Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, and four draft picks. Wilson joins a stacked collection of AFC West quarterbacks, including former MVP Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Derek Carr of the Las Vegas Raiders. On the other hand, Aaron Rodgers will not be on the move. The longtime Packer will be returning for an 18th season in Green Bay as he has agreed to a contract. Initial reports were that the four-time MVP had signed a four-year deal, the most expensive deal in NFL history, but Rodgers later announced on Twitter that the exact terms of the contract are still yet to be finalized, but that he is officially returning to the Packers. Rodgers' leading target, Devontae Adams, who was also rumored to be on the move, is expected to be the recipient of the Packers' franchise tag, keeping him in Wisconsin at Lambeau Field as well. Rutgers men's basketball has been rewarded for their stellar season in Big Ten postseason honors. Ron Harper Jr. was named to the All-Big Ten second team, while the other four starters were all honorable mentions. Forward Caleb McConnell was also honored as the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. 
and now has his sights set on the national award. The Scarlet Knights hold the fourth seed in the Big Ten tournament, securing a double bye Sunday night, and will play in the quarterfinals on Friday in Indianapolis. That is your WRSU Sports Update. I'm Eddie Kalegi. More of the Tuesday crew coming up after this. On the crew, Tuesday evening, 721 Eastern Standard Time as we speak. Under 40 to go on, on the Tuesday edition of the WRSU crew on 88.7 FM and online at WRSU.org. Alex Carbonati with Brett Hahn, Eddie Kalegi, Ellis Gordon. No, I mean, you're lighty sadly today, but regardless, we're still here for you on this Tuesday edition. And big news, not just with Rutgers men's basketball's big win on Sunday, not just the four seed that they've clinched in the upcoming Big Ten tournament. They'll be playing on Friday, coverage, of course, here on WRSU. But the biggest news today, today on this Tuesday afternoon, for Rutgers basketball was that Caleb McConnell, the senior guard out of Jacksonville, Florida, was named the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. This has been rumored for several weeks, if not, if not a month now, that Caleb will get the award. Phenomenal, stellar defensive year, 67 steals, 14 blocks, averaging 2.2 steals a game. Caleb McConnell having a phenomenal defensive effort this year. He respectively and deservingly gets rewarded, Eddie, as the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, the first Rutgers player to win the in-conference, Big Ten at least, in-conference defensive award of the season. Yeah, absolutely deserved it. Had an incredible season defensively. Of course, the play I think everybody's really going to remember with McConnell was in the Ohio State game, the yeah. chase down block, where he got the little shove from Geo Baker to push him ahead to lead him to the block. But yeah, McConnell was electric on the defensive end, especially for a Rutgers team where outside of McConnell and Amori, not necessarily great defensive players with Mo Kahi, Harper Jr., Baker, all offensively oriented guys. So right. Caleb McConnell really stepped up and filled a void, especially when this team lost Jacob Young and Miles Johnson, mm -hmm. who were both stellar defensive players, sure. who played a big part defensively in their win over Clemson in sure. the NCAA tournament last right. year. So Caleb McConnell knew he had a void to fill, had a slow start to the season offensively, focused in on his defense, and once we saw Geo healthy, Ron Harper Jr., Paul Mulcahy hitting shots, there wasn't really the necessity for Caleb McConnell to be that offensive force as a wing player. Instead, he just focused in on his defense and clamped down and shut down some of the best scorers in the Big Ten Absolutely. and in the country, and certainly deserving of this award, and I think should heavily be considered for the national award as well. I think he should be, to be honest with you, in general. Yeah, yeah he's de definitely top two in the defense player mm -hmm. of the year. You can argue that Walker Kessler was better, but whatever. Top two is still impressive. Uh -huh. What's even more impressive is that forget the defense for just a second, even though you shouldn't, but like for uh -huh. just a second, he improved from his junior to senior in every single statistical category. Some, of course, like blocks, he was .4 to .6, but that's improvement. Every single statistical category in shooting three-point shooting, and shooting, including three-point shooting, including including field goal percentage, including points, he improved uh -huh. on. He is one of the most improved players in the Big Ten this sure, year. absolutely. And, I mean, yeah, just so many defensive highlights. He took out... It's just such a blessing when you could not worry about the opposing team's best player because you know... You have, you have an X-Factor who can take them out of the game. Mm -hmm. And again, McConnell, I mean, on the best of the best in the Big Ten, Trace Jackson Davis, uh, you know, so many great players all across the board. Sam, uh, Sam Sessoms, 
Jalen Pickett were 6 of 20 combined this past weekend. Caleb McConnell against a guy like E.J. Liddell of Ohio State. Some top players of Purdue, you know, folks like uh, Trevion Williams and maybe Jaden Ivey as well, the way he played up to them to a certain extent. I mean, again, he's just, he, he is so well-deserving. And again, he's, he's just, he's a rock-solid player. And look, he was injured to kick off last year. He's been injured multiple times in his career, but he willingly, Brett, is not afraid to get in the dirty areas to make the defensive play necessary to turn a game around and to put the defense on his shoulders. He does that. He does that indeed. He's not afraid to do it. And the way he's dramatically improved to where we saw him to begin, to where we saw last year, how this year has been a career-defining year for Caitlin McConnell, it's beyond remarkable, Brett. And that's what's that's what basketball is all about, right? You know, there's so much emphasis placed on offense, and and, and high scoring obviously is going to get you the ratings, but those gritty defensive players are so critical to a team's energy right. on the court, mm-hmm. and, and like you you see it on every level. You know, I, I I've had guys I've played with in high school that you know may may not have the best jump shot, but they're they're taking charges. They they hustle for every loose ball. They're they're diving out of bounds to save a possession. Mm-hmm. And, and those guys are just as important as the primary scoring options on your team. Sure. Right? And and Caleb McConnell, you know, well-deserved, getting the Defensive Player of the Year award. I, I completely agree with you guys that he's numbered, you know, he's at least in the top two. I, I think he should get national recognition. I agree. I, I mean, he, he deserves it. There's been so many instances this year where he, like, how, how can you not recognize him, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, going back to, like, Gio and Ron too, you know, Ron with all, uh, I'm sorry, all second team Big Ten, that was a little bit of tongue twister for me, and, and Gio on the third team, you know, the, just the cohesion that that starting lineup has and Ruck, that Rutgers has going into the tournament, it's gotten them the four seed, it, it, it's gotten them to this point, and, and overcoming some adversity that uh, overcame them uh, earlier in the season mm-hmm. when they were in that bind, so... I, I'm happy for all the guys. You know, this is this is a great thing going into the tournament. And, you know, if anything, too, it, it increases the confidence of these guys because they know they're getting appreciated for their work and that they have the majority of fans behind them. Absolutely. And, again, this – I mean, again, with all this stuff, Eddie, I said it last night. I've been saying it all year and really the past week in, in general for Big Ten play especially. It's got to transfer over. Yeah. It's got to transfer over. And look, this is a great move for Caleb McConnell. Great moment. He won this award. It's phenomenal recognition. The second ever Rutgers men's basketball player to win an in-conference defensive player of the year award. The other was back in 2010. So 12 years ago, that happened in when Rutgers was in the Big East. 12 years later, McConnell does it in, in the Big Ten Conference. Anyway, the point is, is that this has to transfer. This has to happen on Wednesday. And for a team that is literally on the bubble of making or breaking into the March Madness tournament, you know, you don't know what to expect going forward. At the same time, you also do expect certain things. You expect solid defense from McConnell, a solid all. all- all-around team that has been playing consistent the past two games. They've won their past two games. They they were able to win out and able to get this four seed. They've got five days of rest upcoming before Friday, whether it's against Iowa, Northwestern, Nebraska, whoever they play. The point is is that they, they have to win on Friday regardless of what's take, uh, what has taken place. I get that Iowa's a different team compared to January when Rutgers beat them by two, but Rutgers still has their number, and Rutgers is able to beat an Iowa team regardless of how hot they are 
are or how how good they've been the past the, week or month. The disrespect for Rutgers is crazy. I know they didn't deserve what they they didn't. Des- I know they're on the bubble because of what happened in November, but this sure. is not the same team that happened in November. Everyone, you know, I saw some podcasts. I was listening to some podcasts. Uh-huh. Maybe this is just my bubble. I need to pop. But everyone, they're like, oh, yeah, I was got it on Rutgers. Like, what? Like, are they forgetting Rutgers held Iowa to 46 points? Uh-huh. I'm not particularly, like, I was a good team. I don't want to, like, obviously it's going to be a hard f- fight, but if assuming they play them, I'm not particularly worried about Iowa playing Rutgers. I think Rutgers... Could easily not easily, but could beat Iowa. Like, I'm a little worried because I mean, of course I'm worried. I, Iowa is sure, a good team. They are, but I'm not like I'm not particularly scared. Is my point? This is this Rutgers team. Ever since that loss to Maryland, has been a different team in pretty much every game except for that loss to Michigan, where they came out a little flat. But like, I, I think we need to stop. I know they don't. They don't deserve. They don't deserve anything higher than the bubble because of how bad they played in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But. With the way they're playing now, I think we need to stop collectively doubting Rutgers. They've got every single starter of theirs made at least an honorable mention That's in the fair. Big Ten team. That's fair. This team is, Ron Harper Jr. said today, they can make a run because this is the team with the most chemistry and I told, like, since a Rutgers team in the last few years. And I totally believe it. I'm not saying they are going to make a run. I was a great team. It's not a lock they're going to win. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to hear that anymore. Oh, Ruck, the People are forgetting about Rutgers as if they're not a top four seed and they had the same exact record as I was here, and the one time they played, they beat them. Yeah, you know? and there's also a lot of analysts, too, who are saying simply by getting the double bye and finishing in the top four in the Big Ten, regardless of what happens on Friday, that they're safe, that they're into the NCAA. I don't, I don't buy that. I, I, I know. I'm iffy on that. I think I'll they, say this. I think the Friday performance needs to be good. Even if it's a loss, it's got to be a close one to Iowa. Obviously, if Northwestern or Nebraska sneaks through, you have to beat them. Oh, you can't afford that. Uh-huh. But... I think as long as they play a competitive game with Iowa and play at the level that they have played over these last few weeks, there's no way you can keep them out of the tournament. They gotta be right. Go, go ahead. On, I just want to say this. I think they're in. I don't think they're safe because if there's a lot of, I think they're in. But if there's three or four bid stealers, because you never know. Every year it depends how many bid stealers there sure. are. Then I think they're out. Right now, I think they're the 65th team in the tournament. That means four bid stealers and they're out. So if they want to be extra extra safe, you gotta beat Iowa. Look, or whoever they play. Well, but. look, look, again, the the fact that this team's a four seed right now, put in the breaks of Ohio State losing, put in the break of Iowa losing, sure, put all that together, and put the uh, the fact that they, look, they barely beat Penn State, but they still fought tooth and nail to win that game on senior day, uh, regardless of what took place. Look, Friday will truly make or break what happens this year, whether they are a March Madness team or whether they're not a March Madness team. If they lose to Iowa by five points or less, I think they're good enough. If they lose by double digits, 10, 10 15 plus, then they're, there's no way they're making the tournament. If they win, of course, they're safe regardless. But the loss, the, the, uh, the quality of a loss that knocks Rutgers in or Rutgers out depends on how bad if they lose to Iowa or whoever they play. If they lose to Northwestern or Nebraska, then yeah, I think there's no shot. But if it if it's Iowa, we're all assuming because they're the five seed and they're probably going to beat Northwestern or Nebraska or whoever, but we can base it all on assumption right now. Whoever they play on Friday, mainly Iowa possibly, but whoever they play, they have to win that game. Because, again, the breaks they got, the back-and-forthness, and the fact that with, 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 with how back-and-forth this team is, that they're a four seed and they have a double bye and they have five days of rest before they play on Friday in Indy, you know, that's a great advantage for Rutgers. They can't blow that chance. That's fair. That's fair. I, I The one thing that I think is going to be interesting – 
Let's say they get that win and they fall in the semifinals on Saturday. And if they're, they're firmly in the field, and I'll, I'll go to Ellis, you know, you mentioned how they were like the 65th team in your book. If they get that win, if they win over Iowa or whoever they play, make it to the semis, do you think they're into the field of 64 or do you think they're kind of bound to having to go to Dayton and being in the first four? Uh, that's, that's, that's a good question. I think it has to be depending on how much the win is. It's also hard because we don't know, listen, we have all these guys, but we really don't know what the committee thinks because especially with a team like Rutgers, they don't have like, you know, a lot of the other bubble teams, North Carolina, bubble team, they're probably in now because they beat Duke, but it's a very easy, you can assess North Carolina very easily. They didn't have any signature wins, they beat Duke, okay, they're safely on the bubble now because they have one signature win all season. That's totally fine. Rutgers has been so hot and cold all season that like, you really don't know what the committee is going to think about them. That's true. I think if they beat Iowa in the quarterfinals and they lose in the semifinals, they beat Iowa by, let's say, 10 and lose in the semifinals by, let's say, just 6, I think that puts them outside of the first four out. But then again, remember, it depends on different things. A lot, I've seen a lot of people now have Michigan vaulted. Um, Rutgers is now the last team before the first four out. So they're, they're the first four teams. Uh, well, I don't know. What, what do you call that? First four teams before the first four teams mm-hmm. out. Right, right, right. right? They lose to Indiana. And all of a sudden, Indiana's looking at a first four out seed, and Michigan's now also first four out. So a lot of things could happen, especially in the Big Ten, when Mm -hmm. you have three teams that are not necessarily safe in Michigan, Rutgers, and Indiana. Right. No, 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 you're right indeed. And again, that that, uh, Thursday matchup, I think is Indiana versus Michigan. I yeah. think that is. I and either result is good and bad for the Knights because no, they don't want Indiana winning and they don't want Michigan winning. Right. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, and probably Michigan winning is a little better for us, though. I don't know because you beat Indiana, right? You did split with Michigan. Michigan is ranked higher in the net and and all that stuff compared to Indiana. You want Indiana to win to a certain extent, and you do because you know. Well, whoever plays, you know, the Fighting Illini, either it's. Michigan or, or Indiana, they're not going to beat the the Fighting Illini, probably. But when you look at that matchup specifically for Rutgers' benefit, Michigan is more at the back of Rutgers than, than Indiana is. I would say you want Indiana to win, knowing that you've beaten them, how dramatically they beat them as well in uh, Bloomington. I would take the Indiana win over the Michigan win. It helps a little bit. It helps uh, to make it safer. If you win on Friday, regardless, you're safe, I think, no matter what. I think you're in. But, Eddie, your question, which is, again, a phenomenal question, um, it depends how they play against possibly the Fighting Illini because they did beat them in the past. They beat them by 11 recently. The problem is that it's not it, the, the game's at a neutral site. It's not Jersey Mike's arena. That's the problem. At the same time, you can put in play. Sure, Rutgers might have their number recently. They, if they win, they're in no matter what, of course. If they lose, it again has to be like five or less, even three or less to the Fighting Illini, a team who you beat by 11 already. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's going to be really challenging to see what happens. Any game in the Big Ten is challenging. I Absolutely. mean, just watching all the action on Sunday, not just the Rutgers game, but Michigan, Ohio State, Illinois, Iowa, it seems like every game in this conference comes down to the bitter end. How about Wisconsin? Wisconsin, Wisconsin Nebraska. Yeah, Nebraska all of a sudden. Crazy. Don't count out the Cornhuskers either. I know <laughs> I know they were terrible, but I broadcasted both of the Rutgers games against Nebraska, and I know that was during the stretch when Rutgers wasn't very good. 
But Nebraska's got a couple of really good players. They've Bryce got some McGowan's good transfers. Yeah, Alonzo Verge Jr., Bryce McGowan's. They're an interesting team, and if they can catch fire, they've won a couple of games against ranked opponents to finish out the season. All of a sudden, they're coming in with arguably the most momentum in the Big Ten into that Big Ten tournament. And you never know. Let's not forget last year in the Big East, Georgetown was an eight seed and won the tournament. That's so. True. You never know. Just need three or four good games, and you can find yourself in the tournament. That's well, true. Well, that's what I'm saying. Rutgers, it's not like Rutgers, I don't know. I feel like I feel like people are just counting us, but it's not like Rutgers hasn't beaten four ranked teams in a row already this year, and they only need to do it three times this time. And, like, out of all, I'm not, I'm not particularly scared of any team in the Big Ten for Rutgers except for Purdue. I don't, I don't think we can beat Purdue yeah, again. Purdue. Yeah, Purdue. Purdue just is... I mean, I Although Wisconsin also still frets me to a certain extent. They because do, but I think we are... I know we didn't play... Like, I think we played... I think we played bad when we lost to Wisconsin. We did. I, I think we, we match up well with Wisconsin when Brad Davidson isn't shooting the lights out mm-hmm. because they're best... Like, you saw what happened when Johnny Davis was out against Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not the same team, no, I mean, obviously. Mm-hmm. And Michaela McConnell does, has done his, twice done a really good job limiting Johnny Davis. Mm-hmm. So, and really, really, the reason we lost that last game, right, I think that was a game we could have won if we shot better, mm-hmm. which we had horrible shooting. And frankly, Brad Davidson and Chucky Hepburn shot way better from three than they have all season that game. And we still only lost by five. So I'm really, Illinois obviously would be a really tough out, but we've sure. beaten them already, and we've had their number the last three years for some reason. Not really quite sure why, but I mean, I really... I'm really only afraid of like we can lose to any team because it's Rockers, of but course. I'm really the teams I don't want to see in the Big Ten um, conference. I'm really only scared of Purdue. I think we can make a run. Do you think Ohio State possibly also? Play? I mean, uh, well, overrated. Oh, I well, overrated. Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah fair, 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 fair. We did beat them. That is true. They've also been, they've they also probably the coldest team. Coming they are the, the coldest team coming in. They did fall to Michigan. I mean, I, Michigan State's also cold. That's true. Ohio State, though, I mean, again, not completely compared to Purdue or Wisconsin or any of those teams. Ohio State is, could, could could still be lethal because EJ Liddell could turn it up at any given moment. You have no idea. But, and that's a guy who's been around for a long time in the Big Ten. And even in the loss, Liddell had a pretty decent game to, uh, versus Rutgers. True, but I think, yeah, I'm looking at the bracket now. We play... We would play... We're not playing Ohio State no, of to course the finals. Not. So we're really worried about... We beat Iowa and then we beat... Illinois or Michigan. We're or worried Indiana. about the fighting Illini. Yeah, so let's let's first worry about who we play up first, right? Um, because you know that's the other thing with Rutgers is that like, nor- we could also lose Northwestern. <laughs> no, I know. So so we could who beat, beat Northwestern, but who beat they us? Beat, yeah. I mean, they beat us, and we almost lost to Nebraska one time this season, even though we blew them out the first time. But like, Rutgers has the most variability of any team. This and like, they, mm-hmm. I could see them winning the tournament actually, but I could also see them getting blown out by Iowa. So we'll see. Well, that's, again, that's what's great about being a Rutgers fan, right? Like. You're like you don't it's know that. It's great, outcome. but it's also painful at oh, the same time. My heart. Oh, that Penn State game. I went. Oh, my heart was jumping, jumping. It was crazy. I was. Well, I mean, I was having a full on. I mean, again, attack. back to the whole conversation about the committee and how they judge Rutgers, whether whether they're in or not. That's the problem. We don't know what you're getting from Rutgers every night. You can get the great team that just shoots the lights out and has big wins versus Purdue and the Fighting Illini and Ohio State or what have you, or they can have a crapshoot. And they could fall to Lafayette. They could lose to DePaul. They could lose to UMass. Blow a 17-point lead to UMass and lose by two points. You know, they can lose to Michigan again. Who knows? So the thing is with this committee is that 
they 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 don't even know what the heck they're getting with Rutgers in game in and game out. No one knows. But this Friday again will determine whether or not this team is worthy enough to make the March Madness tournament and whether they can consistently finish out this part of the season, round things out with a big win against Iowa or, or whoever, make it close within the fighting line. I even beat them again if possible. If they can do that, they're in. They, Friday is a must-win game. I don't care who it is. Iowa, Northwestern, Nebraska, could be anybody. It's a must, 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 must win game. It's got to happen. And again, if, if, if it's a loss, it's got to be five or less. If it's more than five, then you're in trouble. Yeah. I, yeah, it's got to be close. Now, fortunately, I do have faith in this team to keep games close because every game comes down to the very end, even Penn State on Sunday. I was in the student section that everybody was feeling confident. 15-point games, seven minutes left. What could possibly happen? All of a sudden, Penn State storms back and ties the game, and then the inbound and a one-point game gets right. stolen. I mean, that was nerve-wracking, but... That, that's why this team has been so fun, because all season it's just every game has you on the edge of your seat. That's true. Uh, but, you know, to see this team come this far, and it was a nice job that they did with the ceremony before the game and yeah. after the game, uh, all five seniors, even Luke Nathan, got on the mic. And oh, was, did he? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was a really fun environment. So, uh, really, it's it, there's so many people had those signs that said, like, culture changers, and it's really true oh, yeah. when you look about where this program has gone mm-hmm. since Geo Baker, Ron Harper Jr., Caleb McConnell all joined this team four or five years ago. And, of course, a lot of that has to be credited to Coach Steve Peichel Absolutely. as well, turning around a program that after Mike Rice and during the Eddie Jordan era where they went from the Big East to the AAC to the Big Ten and were the laughingstock of the Big Ten for a couple of years, but now they've proven all of the haters wrong. Mm. And, you know, the fact that they've gone from – perennially being the 14 seed in the Big Ten tournament for three or four years. Now just keep going, rising and rising and rising. They're the four seed right now. Yeah, they're in, the, they're in the four seed, and I think they're going to there's, – there's, the sky's the limit from here. Even with Gio and Ron going to be gone, I mean, you've got Paul Mulcahy, you've got Cliff Amori. Hopefully the transfer portal and also recruiting goes well. And, I mean, seeing the environment at Jersey Mike's Arena, seeing how this team has performed this year – I think that's going to be appealing to a lot of recruits, especially Absolutely. with the location of Rutgers University being For not sure. too far from New York or Philly. I will say, True. on the flip side, not to be negative, but it does make it so frustrating that we lost those games early on. Because oh, sure. we could have yeah. been like a 5-4 seed in the NCAA tournament if we beat you, if we beat DePaul, UMass, and um, Lafayette. Lafayette. Oh, that, I, I, <laughs> there's a reason why I struggled to remember that one. Right. I I'm purposely wiped that one from my brain. But yeah, so it's so frustrating. Mm. But hey. Listen, everyone knows. The players know. Peichel knows. We we know. The season starts today now. All the other games have been played. And Rutgers has a chance to still define their legacy from today. They've, That's true. They've fought all the way back to give them this chance. Now they got to take it. Absolutely. Will they do it? We'll see. I'm not sure. Again, I would bet on them do it, but I'm not sure. But again, it's do or die. Hit or miss. Yes or no. Good or no good. It's It's got to be good. And it's got to happen. This Friday, whether it's Iowa or whoever the heck they play. But we'll take a break. We'll be right back. When we come back, rapid fire. And then we say so long for the Tuesday crew. Eddie Kalegi, Brett Hahn, Ellis Gordon with me. I'm Alice Carbonati. Keep it tuned to the uh, to 88.7 FM and online at WRSU.org for the Tuesday crew on WRSU-FM, New Brunswick. Mm-hmm. 
Back here, final 15 minutes of the WRSU Tuesday crew. Time for a little rapid fire. Eddie Kalegi, Brett Hahn here in uh, FM over in Studio A. You got Alex Carminati and Ellis Gordon. Let's start with some Rutgers stuff because me and Ellis Gordon just joined a Discord server that was just announced. Geo Baker and Eric Legrand are now uh, headlining a Discord server for Rutgers Sports Talk and everything Rutgers Athletics. And you know what? I think this is a great idea to get more people in the Rutgers community, create another forum where people can communicate. I've had this open. They're all going crazy, asking Geo Baker questions. Geo Baker's answering fan questions. I mean, I'm so confused because they don't know how to use Discord. I, I just joined it because, like, why not? And I'm so confused. I don't know how to use Discord. What Everybody's part? saying they want Steve Peichel to join the Discord server, too. <laughs> I don't know how to use discord either so i couldn't tell you how it works what's going on all i say is that that's really interesting that's interesting because hey eric legrand a football legend of mm -hmm. course Geo baker a legend of Rutgers basketball especially when he leaves by the by the time the, uh, the season comes to a close two legends there on the uh the streaming platform you know, I mean, that's great. Again, connect with the fans, connect with the people who have loved you for four or five years, who have adored you, and it's 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 kind of a follow-up of after, you know, the senior celebration that just took place on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, and... Eddie, yeah. you made your debut in the chat I just saw, and now I'm slowly understanding how it works. Yes, yes, all you do is type. It's not it's not, it's not, not that complicated. Imagine if everybody hopped in a voice chat at one time. <laughs> I've actually never That'd used That'd be Discord. wild. There's already, let's see, there's 171 people in the server already. Wow. It just dropped an hour ago. An hour? Oh, I was about to ask how long ago. Yeah, wow. yeah, there's probably going to be a lot of people in this thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but next topic I wanted to jump to, let's let's shift to the NBA. We've talked about it a little bit. Uh, since we've got our Skip Bayless here, we might as well talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. Yes. Because <laughs> you, you can't underestimate what LeBron did on Saturday. 56 points against the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, got the win in prime yeah, time. Yeah. But had to sit out the next game because of knee soreness against the Spurs. And obviously without LeBron James, the Lakers faltered against the team that's 13th in the Western Conference. And the Lakers are starting to fall even further back. They've lost 8 of 10. They're barely hanging on to 9th. And they're only, I think, three games clear of actually being even in the play-in tournament at this point. So uh, just wondering at this point with the Lakers, do you think there is any chance that this team – could even get out of the play-in tournament. I think, I, I think there's a way that they could muster up at least something and win a play-in game. But I, once they get into the actual NBA playoffs, there's no way they're getting through the first round. Maybe they'll steal a game. I think LeBron could clutch up for one or two no, games. I think to LeBron get carries the play -in them tournament. in the playoffs. Yeah, play-in tournament. Yeah. I just don't see Depends it who they're that. playing. Depends who they're playing in the play-in tournament itself. But here's the deal with LeBron James. I'll give him the credit. Phenomenal game on Saturday night. Able to come back, take down Golden State, who has been struggling, but still, they come back and take him down. LeBron, when it comes to health, is not the same player. He's not. He can put up 56, and then he, and then he gets worn out and has his knee injury or his knee soreness or whatever. Same guy that said last year that the high ankle sprain he had, not my words, his words were, quote, the worst injury he's ever suffered. I'm paraphrasing, but he literally said something of that nature. It... And he has said that that injury has been the worst injury he's ever suffered. He has not been the same since. Hey, you might have this 56 spurt here and this 40-point game here and this and that, but is it good enough to drive you later down in the playoffs like we've seen LeBron do for several years? I don't think so. 
And again, when you look at Anthony Davis also shaken up, well, Russell Westbrook has been a disaster with the Lakers. The Lakers have been a disaster this season. Now, look, maybe they, may, they, they probably will make the play in as a 10 or a 9 or an 8 or what have you. It depends who they play. And if they're able to win that, there is no way they're getting past the first round. I don't care who the heck they're playing. No, no, I completely agree with that. And and I mean, you know, going back to the LeBron point about injuries, the man is 37 years old. You know, I- expecting him Jordan to- didn't get that hurt at this age. Jordan wasn't hurt consistently like this at this age. Rock- yeah, but he also took off to play, ba- ba- play baseball Jordan for a year, man. Jordan didn't play as many years right. as he did. That's the other thing. He also, Jordan also stepped LeBron's away from he basketball, basketball for two years in the prime of his career. That is true. He did also play baseball as well. And when he was, by the way, 37 years old for Michael Jordan, that was in 2000 when he was already moving over to the Washington Wizards. And yeah, we all know exactly. when he was at the Washington Wizards for three good. years. Even at 35, LeBron was still injury prone. No, he was. Yes, he oh was. Oh, my God. The first injury Carm. was two seasons ago Carm. on Christmas, the groin injury. And then after yeah, that, he was how old? 34, gonna, 35, he's right? 35. Yeah, but that, okay, that you was a fluke injury. That was injured. That had he was injured. To do. He was injured. Listen, he's a 35 year old man playing basketball for 15 years. Michael Jordan d- did not get consistently uh, injured the, like the LeBron that. LeBron hate has to stop. Are we seriously going after? Arguably the best athlete of our generation. Oh, come on. Because oh, he's got an injury in that. late Thank you, Chris. Thank LeBron you, Chris. James Thank is the greatest Jordan athlete out of, the of game. our generation. When so many P. great you. athletes were out of the game. What are we doing here? No, no. Why you. am I allowing Chris. this Chris, because on he thinks, my airways? Because he thinks Kobe Bryant is better than <laughs> LeBron Jordan. Who do you think is better than Michael, LeBron James? In what James? way? In what way is he a is wow. he big? Ah, you said think no, is no, better no, than LeBron James. You said Magic Johnson and Kobe, right? That's what you said last time? No, I said Kareem. Okay. I said Kareem, MJ, uh, I think Shaq to a certain extent. Shaq over I LeBron? Think, I think Will Chamberlain also to a certain extent. <laughs> what? Will Chamberlain? Will Chamberlain's a great guy. I thought James Naismith was pretty good when he played back in 1896. Will Chamberlain I mean, was a great player. He was the man. It wasn't even the same sport back then. Oh, come on. It was congratulations. You're seven foot one in the 1960s. Oh, here you go. Take the basketball. Score 50 a night. We, we've oh, already tried, Chris, on. with this. We've already tried. It's hopeless. Whether it's you? 1960 or 2020. Guys, who do you think is better at football? J.J. Watt or Walter Camp? Let's do this right now. How do we want to, like, how far back you want to go? Put a poll, put a poll up. Oh, Keep up come on. <laughs> Disrupt Alex Carmen. Oh, okay, okay. No, all, right, all right, let's get back to the main point here. You I can digress. make the same argument wait, who's wait, better, wait, wait, Jim wait, Brown wait, wait. or Emmitt Smith. You can make that same argument. Come on. I don't think that helps your case. The way it does help it my does. case because, right. again, whether it's 1950 or 2010 or whatever year it is, football is still football or basketball is still basketball. Okay. Have rules changed? Okay. Have, okay. have, yes, have they've the changed. content there was no of the game changed? <laughs> yes, <laughs> they have. There was no Let shot me finish block. my point. The point is, is that, sure, things have changed to a certain extent, but the physicality, the nature of the game, and the, the way the game has been, has been consistently played – it does happen. LeBron James it is, takes place. is about to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for most points scored ever. He also has four championships. Four? Oh, wow. Four. Four, four of six. Four and six. Four. Compared to six and oh and six championships by Kareem that he got as well. Kobe Bryant's got five. Shaq has five. Okay, Will all right. Chamberlain's got Alex, a few as well. let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. I'm, I'm asking, I want you to answer this just on the merits. Okay, go ahead. In what aspect of the game... Is 
Kobe Bryant better than LeBron James? Tell I me. I think when it comes to three, uh, you know, clutch three-point shooting, absolutely for sure. Wait, wait, clutch three-point shooting or actual three-point shooting? Three-point shooting in general, I would take Kobe Bryant over LeBron James Eddie, as look well. At, let's get these numbers up here. Who, who is? Who, I would love to see the percentage uh, on this. Don't, don't give me the numbers stuff. What? Give me a break what? with that. What? Let me finish. <laughs> Because don't give me the numbers stuff. Don't give me the numbers stuff. Too give much, me, man. No, we're not. We, Skip and Shannon is where it's at. Yeah, you do. You I do. Mean, I will give you this. You make similar takes to Skip. Skip Bayless is great. But I, I don't. No, think, really I don't. Not. I don't. I don't say that as a compliment. Skip Bayless is phenomenal. Three he's point a class percentage. Act. LeBron James thirty four point five. Kobe Bryant thirty two point nine. Oh come oh. on! By two percent. Yeah, you're gonna kill me by two percent over the 2%. biggest moments that Kobe has had more than LeBron James. Two percent over twenty the years is a lot. LeBron LeBron's hit clutch shot after clutch shot. The only reason really? he he's also bricked is because teams, clutch attempt because teams, after clutch attempt. Teams, he's also blown oh several attempts, too. Teams Kobe literally build super teams to beat LeBron James on his own. Okay, they, all right, they all right. Also You're clearly wrong about the shooting. What? Okay, no, 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 no. So come on. You're wrong about the shooting. What other aspects do you think he's a better player in? Tell me. Kobe Bryant. Yes. I think when it comes to moving the ball around as a playmaker, absolutely, as as well, I think Kobe oh, Bryant. Oh, I, I, I guarantee you right now. Um, I, I'm sorry to turn you into like a resident statistician, but assists. I, I'm willing to bet a lot of money that LeBron has higher assist average. He than Kobe Bryant, 5.2 assists per game. LeBron James, 7.5 assists per Carm, game. Carm, Carm, let it go. Let it go, Carm. You're Come wrong. on. Kobe, Kobe over LeBron any day of the week, pal. I'm telling you that right now. And Are there any other aspects that you think bias he's better out of this. No, take it's not I know you don't I know you're like LeBron. I know you like LeBron, but you have to admit he's better. Kobe Bryant can consistently stay healthy. Kobe Bryant can consistently he literally got a season-ending injury. Hold on. Kobe Bryant can consistently get me a clutch shot to win a championship. And even when it comes to statistically playing the worst game, he can still play the best game. How about 2010 Game 7? First half was not a pretty sight. Second half, he had... 20 and 10 at least. That is arguably his, the best game and, of LeBron, his career. LeBron in a playoff game could do 20 and 10 like after spending the night at Old Queens. Like I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> LeBron the James, man regularly put up 40 LeBron plus in the playoffs. playoffs. He, what is he wrong with you? He can put up as many points as you want. He can't get me the clutch shot consistently. He also can't get me the championships time and time again. Besides the back-to-back, -back, that's it. He's been to multiple the championship, championship series and he's can blown criticize most of them. him. The only one he's blown was the Mavericks one. Take away that. He, he has he, blown no, the Mavericks one. No, 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 no. You you blame the Mavericks? He blew the one versus the Spurs the year after no, they won. No, he didn't. He didn't. What are you talking about? Golden State in 2015. He had in no 2018, he should have never been there to begin with. The Celtics should have been there. Terry Rozier got fouled. Yes, LeBron's a LeBron James. Every LeBron James. And in general, LeBron James you know, he beat the Celtics single-handedly. Like that was no, he him. Didn't. By, who else was it? Oh, it was Larry Nance dropping no, no, buckets. No, 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 no. Larry was, Nance was, was shooting LeBron from three. It was LeBron and the officials giving oh, LeBron a break oh, in that game seven on. series. Oh, really? Really? This is like out. bottom maybe level of the barrels. This maybe is like a, gas station sports talk right now. <laughs> no, I don't know why. Maybe as a Packers fan, you don't understand a lot about success, right? <laughs> but <laughs> Well, I mean, he changes his favorite city depending on which uh, one has a good team. So, That's I mean. not oh, true. That's not true at all. That's not true at all. I find it a coincidence that virtually every one of your sports teams won a championship in 2010 or 2011, nah. but I digress. Wait, what's your NBA team? The Sixers. Well, the Sixers are... No, no, he's got two Philly teams, and then... And why do you like the what's my base, second Philly team? Wait, no, 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 you don't. No, you don't. Never mind. I don't know why I, I, don't know why I was thinking of the Flyers, but I realize you're not a hockey fan. Um, 
you've got the Cardinals won yeah. the World Series in 2011. Okay, I was. And the Packers won the, the Super Bowl in 2010. Oh come on! So you're gonna sit here? And, I was. Uh, Chris, that's a little unfair. I I'll, I'll came out of the womb with a Cardinal hat and a Packers jersey. I'm telling you that right now. And when I was born, when I came <laughs> Wait, out of the what? womb with both okay, of those things, Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers was just getting started. The Cardinals had their first World Series championship Ugh. since 1982, and then five years later had that miracle run. The Packers won that championship in 2010. They haven't been back there since, and it's been disaster with the front office. So come on, give me that's a true. You're going to talk to I, a Jet I, fan about a Aaron front Rogers, office disaster. Aaron Rodgers is a bum. So no, I he's mean, not. Ooh. Give me a break. So, I mean, LeBron he's James not is a joke. Oh, Alex, just on. because your Bitmoji has a Cardinals uniform on doesn't mean that you came out of the womb in a Cardinals ooh. uniform. I came out with a Cardinal hat at least, and my Cardinal. And my Bitmoji does have a cardinal hat. You can't deny that. Uh, I literally just... <laughs> Check it! Check it for I yourself! I know, I just said that your Bitmoji has a cardinal This is ridiculous. You, but, you no. can't tell me the good... This is not the point. The point is, Kobe Bryant, in quite literally Kobe no Bryant's fast... Kobe Bryant's more clutch than LeBron by, James any day of the week. By Absolutely. what metric? By what metric? By what metric? Kobe has been consistently clutch in winning me a championship compared to LeBron James. Kobe Bryant has also hit the bigger shots compared to LeBron James. How are you... Oh, oh ready, 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 ready. LeBron James has scored 41.5% of his 130 clutch points, and Brian has netted 20. No, 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 no. Oh, Actually, in the pain, read it. In the pain. In the pain. In the pain. So don't count. give me that nonsense, pal. Actually, okay, we'll read see the sentence, But hey, okay? in the pain still matters. It still matters. Oh, call you. Yeah, come on. Come I'll, on. I'll find you the stats. We're talking about the, the three-point ball, right? We're talking about the three-point play. Kobe Bryant can win me a three-point game or win me a shot or win me a game off a three-point shot. But three you're discounting all of LeBron's LeBron. clutch shots pretty much every single series in 2018. He's, oh, much, come on. What do you mean, come 2018. on? 2018. Don't, don't give that me was I don't like 2018 the, was nonsense. I think, by the way, give me a break. I, I, I low-key think Michael Jordan, well, I go back and forth in this one, but I'm, like, I'm not like LeBron the best player of all time kind of guy, but he's clearly head over heels better than Kobe Bryant. Uh-uh. uh-uh. Clearly. Alex, what no, I don't well. understand is... And also injuries. Kobe Bryant was out for a full year, and after that year, granted, those that free throws on a on an ACL tear was incredible. I think it was ACL tear. But Achilles, yeah. yeah Achilles. But granted, after that, he was a shell of himself. That This is what... Yeah. LeBron James had no injury history whatsoever until two years ago when he suffered the groin injury on Christmas Day against the Warriors. And just aside from that, I mean, yeah, he's starting to break down, but he's also 37 years old despite the injuries. He's I still playing that. well. Michael he's still Jordan playing well. didn't break down like, like LeBron does. LeBron's breaking down like chocolate. Give me a break. He's breaking down like a Hershey bar. I mean, come on. <laughs> Well, we're going to have to digress. He's 37. This. He's 37. I don't know what you want from him. Jordan didn't break down at 37. He was a play. He was retired. He was on the Washington Wizards playing trash. Jordan didn't break down at 35, and he played minor league baseball. LeBron James LeBron also just scored James 56 points like against the second-best team in the break. NBA four days ago. But anyway, that's going to wrap up today's edition of The Crew. We'll probably Wait, have I more. Found, I found a stat finally. Okay, go ahead, Ellis, and then we'll. In clutch threes in the postseason, Kobe Bryant, 3 of 13, 23.1%. LeBron James... 8 of 16, 50%. Kobe still got five rings. LeBron, don't oh, got the come rest to back on. it up, baby. He has Give me four. a break. He has four. Not enough. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But that's going to be it for today's edition of The Crew. Reminder that all crew episodes are posted on Spotify. Until next time, Eddie Kalegi, Brett Hahn, Chris Sakona showed up for a couple minutes to argue with Alex Carminati, Alex and Ellis Gordon. We'll see you next time. Stay tuned for further programming here on 88.7 WRSU-FM New Brunswick and online at WRSU.org.